There's a movie, a beloved movie. I believe it's from the 90s. It's got to be the 90s. It's called The Princess Bride. And in that film, Fred Savage is sick. And his grandfather, Columbo, also known as Peter Falk, yes. comes over to read him a story. Opens the book, begins to read, and it's all sweet. There's a woman, her manservant. So that's going to do something he'll always say, as you wish. And you find out whenever he said, as you wish, he really meant, I love you. And they, 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 there's a kissing under the, the sun, sunset. And then Fred Savage so wisely says, hold on, hold on, wait a second. Is this a kissing book? I want to warn you that today, this is a kissing sermon. You don't got to kiss nobody. I'm not going to say turn to your neighbor and give I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But we're going to talk about kissing a little bit. Now, when I say the word kissing, I want you to understand something. We have some young ones in the room. When I say kissing or intimacy, I'm referring to more than that. Do you understand? I say kissing, I'm referring to physical love. All right? Okay. Don't say that too loud. Don't, don't get too excited. We are in a book called the Song of Songs. A the Jewish rabbis used to tell their students, do not read this book till you're 30 years old. It was kind of off limits and a lot of, this book has been so troublesome for preachers and theologians because you read the book and it seems on the surface to be a love poem. It's a woman a bride and her husband just singing songs about how much they like each other. And not just how, like, it's not just your eyes and your hair. They're like your neck and your arms and your feet. You're like, dang, Gina, I don't need to be hearing this right now. So some Christians throughout history have said, well, this book is a picture of Christ's love for his church. Because some Christians were so embarrassed by the declarations of love, they try to explain it away. It doesn't need to be explained away. I go to Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs. The Song of Songs which is Solomon's. I'm going to read the whole thing, then we'll go back through. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. This is her, she says. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins, young maidens, love you. Draw me after you. Let us run away. The king has brought me into his bedchambers. We will exalt and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. I am very dark but lovely. 
It's my life verse, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I am very dark. That's her. She's Egyptian, okay? I am very dark but lovely. Oh, daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon, do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My, my mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, my own vineyard I'd never kept. Tell me, you who my soul loves, where you pass your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like the one who veils yourselves beside the flock of your companions? Now he sings. If you do not know, O most beautiful among women, follow in the tracks of the flock and the patch of young goats beside the shepherd's tents. I compare you, my love, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your neck with strings of jewels. We will make for you ornaments of gold studded with silver. She says, while the king was on his couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms in the vineyards of Engedi. He says, behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves. She says, behold, you are beautiful, my beloved, truly delightful. Our couch is green, the beams of our house are cedar, our rafters are pine. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. He says, as a lily among brambles, so is my love among the young women. She says, as an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought to me the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am sick with love. His left hand is under my head, his right hand embraces me. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you must not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Is it hot in here, or is it just me? The, listen, this is pretty tame. It goes, it goes when you read it. I, I, I listened to this, listen to this uh, book on the Dwell app as I walked my dog, and I had to like, push pause. I'm like, geez, man, I can't, like, can't listen to this walking around town. This is weird. It begins very, very, her, her song begins very, very straightforward. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is better than wine. As you read this, there is an unapologetic joy in her desire for her husband. Now, historically, the church, the people of God, when it comes to intimacy, the church has been very reactionary. The world goes nuts. We go, stop being nuts. It's wrong. It's bad. Shut up. That's what we do. I was in youth group when I got saved when I was 14. I went to youth group my whole life. And in youth group, what I was told my whole youth group, my whole four years in high school, all I was told in intimacy was, don't kiss. Kiss. Don't do it. Babies, STDs, bad. Stop sign. All I was told for four years, it's bad. Don't do it. Don't cross the line. Stop. 
that is an incomplete message. When the church says, no, bad, don't, we're missing the reality that intimacy is a gift from God. Some of, some of songs by Solomon, Solomon wrote over a thousand songs. And he calls this one the best one he ever wrote. Song of songs means, um, the, the, the construction in Hebrew is like the holy of holies or the king of kings, meaning the most kingly king or the most holy place. He's saying, this is my biggest, baddest song. All thousands of songs I wrote, this is my best one I got. And Solomon is just enjoying his wife and writing about how much he loves her. And that's okay. When God made Adam and Eve, God said, and the man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That phrase, one flesh, it means it's, it's a physical joining together. Intimacy is God's creation. And for some reason, in God's infinite wisdom, he made kissing fun. That's a kindness. That's a good thing. The church has, the church has been so afraid to say that out loud if you tell, if we tell our kids, intimacy is bad, don't do it, we're, we're messing them up. Instead, we should tell our children, listen, intimacy is awesome. It's a gift from the Lord, but it's powerful, and it can be dangerous. It's this great, beautiful gift that can burn you if you get too close to it. But the first part remains true. It was meant to be given, it was a gift to Adam and Eve. Intimacy is meant to be a, it's a joy, it's a gift to be enjoyed. As we read Solomon and his bride sing songs back and forth, we should not be embarrassed. We should be like, that's awesome, man. It is a natural and good thing for a husband to desire his wife and for a wife to desire her husband. That's a good, natural, and beautiful thing. Intimacy is a gift from God. We all there? And a lot of church Christian folk, what we did to our kids, we either told them, don't do it, or we never talked about it. Both are terrible strategies. Because the world is telling our kids what's going on. I remember going to school here in Flint, hearing all the dirty jokes and laughing. You know, I had no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, 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 I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're saying, but I got to laugh. I pretend I do know what they're saying. And we're educated by the street instead of by our parents who love us. Listen, I'm not letting some eighth grade science teacher tell my kids what intuition is all about. That's not their job. We got, as Christian parents, we got to talk to our kids and say, listen, children who might, listen, is it going to be awkward? Probably. <laughs> I mean, oh man, yes, yes, it is. But we're going to tell our children, 
ask us anything. We won't judge you. I've already told my son, listen, I didn't have a dad. I had no one to talk to. You ask me, I won't tell nobody. It won't be a sermon illustration. The other day, my kid asked me, I'm not going to do that when I reveal his cars to you guys. Intimacy is a gift. The Song of Solomon reveals how joyful and good intimacy can be. But the book also tells us that, it, that this gift of intimacy is very powerful. The gift of intimacy is powerful. Listen, what she, I hope you heard what she said. She said in verse um, 5, she says, Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am sick with love. And we've all been there, right? Head over heels for somebody? Drunk on affection? Think about them all the time, feeling sick about it, butterflies in our stomach. We've all been there. And a lot of us have done stupid things because of love, haven't we? I know so many recovering addicts who get clean, get a job, get a house, a place to live, get wheeled, get their license back, and they give their love to the wrong man or wrong woman and lose all that ground they made. Giving our love to the wrong person can burn our lives down. We all know this. The word of God says so clearly to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. If you love Christ and you fall for someone who doesn't love Christ, you're setting yourself up to for great hurt down the road. As I prayed for a spouse or a young man, I didn't just want a churchgoer. I'm like, Lord, some people have a list of who they want for a spouse. Like people have crazy, I, I, I know a young girl, she, on her list is like, he must drive a Jeep. That's a, that's a tough list, dude. You're everything I ever wanted, but you got a freaking Ford. I'm out. Like that's, 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 a, that's a tough list, tough list. Uh, the only thing on my list that I, I, I prayed for and looked for was a woman captivated by the love of God. That's all I wanted. Not really a churchgoer, but someone who I could see in their life, someone who loved Christ and followed them with just faithful abandon. But I met Angie, I was like, there she is. She says she's lovesick, and then she says these words. She says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or the does of the field, that you do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. I'll quote the King James English. Do not awaken love before its time. Love is a gift given by the Lord, but it's given in a certain context. It's so powerful, God gives it a covering. This can burn you. Let me teach you how to do this in a way where you don't ruin your life because of it. And listen, in our world, in our culture, American culture, what we're telling young people intimacy is so backwards, it's destroying the youth of our country. God's plan for intimacy was very simple. Two people meet, 
there's maybe some kind of chemistry of some kind. You, me, hey, you know, something, something. There's time, there's commitment and covenant, there's celebration, and then intimacy. Intimacy was the crescendo of the relationship. It occurred in safety and under the promise. I'm, I'm not going to leave you, betray you. I'm in this with you. And then you're together physically. In our, our culture, we meet someone, share intimacy, and then ask the question, do I like you? Like we have, we share, people share this incredible physical gift with somebody that they don't even know who they are. And it is wrecking people out there. There, I've been reading so many articles, whether it's in Vanity Fair. I read one in the Times just this weekend. It was a lady who used to write for Playboy magazine. She was a very strong feminist woman, not a Christian. And she said, I convinced myself that these flings empowered me. But in reality, I was being used over and over again, and I hated myself for it. There's young ladies writing articles, because in our modern world, there's only one rule for intimacy, and that's consent, right? That's the only rule. If you're old enough, yeah, do what you want. It's your, your, you know, love is love, do what you want in your bedroom. That's, that's the America we live in. Consent is the only rule. I read an article this last uh, early summer. And this poor young woman, see, every day that I go on, the guy's asking, is it okay if we do this or this or this? So I say, yes. Said, but all I really want is someone to listen and to care. It made me so sad for this young woman that she said yes. She seems like I, I owe him the yes. She says yes, so it's not rape. But in her heart, all she wanted was the very thing God said is worth waiting for. Commitment, affection. I'm with you and I'm not going nowhere. Our culture has put intimacy at the front of the line, and we've tried to separate intimacy from love. That's so dangerous. People say, well, intimacy is just physical. No, it's not. When we separate intimacy from emotions, from relationships, it breaks people. Here in our city, we have the ghost team. And the ghost team is becoming a national thing. You know what the ghost team does here in Flint? You know what the ghost team does? The ghost team, it sets women 
being trafficked free, and it specializes in freeing underage girls. Because the reality is, our culture has made the physical, we divorce it from any emotional reality, it's just physical, and people are being eaten alive by their own desires. And their desires are breaking. Romans 1 says very clearly that one of the greatest punishments God can give a person is just giving us over to our baser instincts. There's this movie called The Matrix that I loved when I was a kid. And in The Matrix, this character says, to deny our urges is to deny what makes us human. That's wrong. You know who, you know who fulfills every urge they have? Animals do that. As people, I have urged, but I also have a soul. I have a conscience, I have a mind. I can have an urge and restrain it. I can have an urge and say, I have an urge. Should I act upon it or not act upon it? That's what makes me a person. Intimacy is a gift from God. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. A beautiful thing. But it's a powerful thing. I will tell my kids as they get older, children, kissing is awesome, but it's powerful. Be careful. Don't just give this to any old schlub you meet. Or as the poets of the 1990s said, no scrubs, right? Some of you got that. Now, I'm not trying... My goal is to paint. I'm not trying to be reactionary. I'm trying to be proactive. I'm saying God's way is best, and let's do it his way. As you read the Song of Songs, before I go forward, I say love, intimacy is a gift. It is a gift, but I want to tell you something right now. Love is more than intimacy. Before I go on, let me say that. I've known couples who've gotten married where maybe the woman has um, been a victim of intimacy abuse, which makes it very hard for her to give herself to her husband physically. There's grace for that. There should be patience and understanding in that relationship. I've known couples where the man has like prostate cancer, has surgery, and that takes away their libido, their desire. There's grace for that, okay? I'm not saying intimacy is the only part of love. It, it, is, it is a part, and it's a good part. It's not the only part. Now, Just to declare things as, as truly as possible, I go to Hebrews 13. I say this. Verse 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge sexually immoral and the adulteress. The covenant I've spoken of this whole morning 
Marriage is the umbrella that intimacy is made to exist in. This gift of intimacy is meant for the covenant of marriage. If you're married, we don't go outside of one another for physical intimacy. Just so you know, our world tells us all, there's a new trend. I've had to change my marriage counseling, tell people all the time, because I get asked a question. Pastor, is okay if we have an open marriage if we're both for it? Can we go outside of one another for physical intimacy? No, we don't. That's called adultery, and it's, it's damning to a relationship. Adultery kills trust. It kills trust. Now, I've said some things, and a lot of us in this room, here's the fact of the matter. Most of us in this room, we live in America, grew up in America, and most of us didn't do it God's way. That's just what it is. Most of us did not do things God's way. My goal is not to shame or crush anybody. I can't change. None of us can change yesterday. I can choose how to live from this moment forward. I can choose to say, I'm not going to engage in meaningless flings. I know this is not to please the Lord. This is not good. If anyone here goes to establishments to stare at people in sensual ways... We, as far as Christ, we don't do that. We just don't do that. It's not okay. If you're here and your computer is a place you go for physical fulfillment, you need to tell someone and get some help because that will eat you up. It'll eat you up. In the Bible, often Jesus called the bridegroom and the church is called the bride of Christ. God's intention for marriage, it's meant to be probably our deepest relationship on the planet. I have great friendships in my life. I have my brothers, Jesus and Tony, whom I love. We're, we're close, man. We're close. We're friends. I love my mama. I got good friends of mine that I enjoy laughing with, talking with. I feel like I can call when I'm down and I feel wounded and weak. But my best friend in the whole world is Angie, my wife. That's the way it's supposed to be. I go home after... I will pour out all I have in the world. And I go home and I fall down in her arms. Best friend. As you go through life and become more cynical, 
guarded. The one person in the world not guarded towards is my bride. Think of that love I have for Angie and the love she has for me. And God says, think of that. That's the way it's supposed to be. Does it always work that way? No, it doesn't. Sometimes our spouses betray us and they leave. That happens. And it is a painful reality. Sometimes we are the betrayers. That happens too. And there's grace for that as well. There's grace for the betrayers as well. There's grace for adulterers. After confession and repentance, there is grace. But marriage is supposed to be this beautiful friendship. And it's, God says, this picture, the way it's supposed to be is a picture of Christ's love for his people. I'm an imperfect man in so many ways. There are many days I feel bad for my wife because she's married to a broken man. I'm not just saying that. It's, people, people see the pastor side, the preacher side of me. Living with me is the worst. I'm a terrible roommate. In college, every roommate I ever had left after one semester. A terrible roommate. Selfish Impossible to please. As an imperfect man, I think about my love for my wife that I imagine this love I have for her that's all imperfect and selfish and broken. Christ's love for me is greater than that. And Christ's love for you is greater than that love. The word says when we are faithless, he is faithful. There's this book of the Bible called Hosea. Hosea marries a woman of the night, and she's always cheating on him. And he keeps on loving her, keeps on coming back. And God says, my people are Gomer who keep leaving me, and I'm Hosea, and I keep going to get my wife, and I bring her home. And that's us. Unfaithful. He is faithful. So I want to say to you, if you hear these words, you're like, man, I have mistakes in my past it does not disqualify you from God's love Christ loves his people like a husband loves his bride the bride loves her husband marriage is a picture of Jesus' unbelievable love for his children so some of you are like man I've done messed up listen there's grace after confession, after repentance, there is grace for the sinner. I do encourage you, if you're living in sin, probably consider stopping. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, not going to follow you on Facebook and say, oh, went out to the bar, went home with somebody, I saw you. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to follow you around between you and the Lord. I'm just telling you God's way is the best way. And God has a plan for intimacy, and I encourage you. It can be so beautiful and so good. It can done his way, but if you do it not his way, it can burn your life down.
I can't tell you the number of stories I have sitting with couples in the aftermath of an affair, in the aftermath of sexual addiction and watching a husband or wife just undone with brokenness. Intimacy separated from love destroys the human soul. Our culture is wrong about this. Our culture is wrong and God is right. What does it say? May all men be liars and God be true. They're all liars and God is true. So, kissing is awesome. It's awesome. Kiss your beloved. But kissing is powerful. Don't just give it to anybody. You choose who to give it to. Even if your heart says, oh, they're so pretty, they're so attractive. If, if you pray in God's like that for you, you walk away. To quote Rich Mullins, it's, it's better to be lonely. It's okay to be lonely as long as you're free. Being lonely is hard. I'd rather be lonely than commit to, than, than chain to someone who's going to drag me to hell. Kissing is awesome, but it's powerful. Be wise. Be wise. With that said, let us pray. Father in heaven, this issue our whole culture tells us you're wrong oh Lord our culture tells us you're wrong and they're right but they're building houses of straw that keep falling down we want to build houses that are strong built upon the rock of your word and your spirit Lord Whatever it is that you have of us, let us let's commit to it this day. Encourage us, challenge us, change us. In Christ's name we ask all these things.